New faces, part one, take one. L. M. He, he called Ted Arthur. Who's the hell's Arthur? Drafted and I know it. Welcome to episode 92 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we're bringing you this podcast live from Pitchside at UBC's Thunderbird Stadium. You can hear the balls getting whacked in the background as UBC women's soccer team are taking the field. So if you hear lots of girls screaming in the background, it's not that we have groupies or that Steve has been mistaken for a member of One Direction. We've just got some live football action going on. And talking of live football action, Whitecaps are back training. Yeah, it's good to see them back on the pitch. Um, it's, I can't really say it's been a long time because it's actually been quite a short off-season. It's kind of felt a long time, though, I think, since we've done a podcast. Yeah, and we should actually mention that uh, the podcast, uh, we did one year in review, which was like January to June, I believe. Well, we, we did, it was over two episodes. We had yeah. January and February in episode... 89, I think Whatever it was. Whatever it was, yeah. And then episode 91, we did April, May, June, and March. And then... Weird order of months, but that's how we did it. But then uh, both of us got sick, uh, you first, and then me yeah. afterwards. So we've decided to scrap the rest of... If anybody's looking for it, nobody's really mentioned it, so no, I guess no, so nobody I mean, no, forgot no, about it. No, one is looking forward to it. So but I think, basically, it's time to not look in the past and to look ahead to the future. Yeah. And there's a lot to talk about. It's... It's been a busy off-season, Steve. After last year, all the instability off the pitch, turmoil, I guess, would be a good word to describe it, with Camilo, what was going to happen with the coaching search, contract things were unknown over a number of players, Robbo got appointed quite late on. After all that, this has been a real stability. It's tidy. It's very tidy. It's very, like, uh, clean. There's been no rough edges, very few hiccups in this off-season. Um, so I think it it's, it's bodes well for them starting on a good foot, uh, the preseason camp itself. Oh, totally. So um, obviously the first guy, I think one of the first guys that we signed going in, coming into the off-season um, was uh, the striker that everybody wanted, the young DP. Octavia. Octavia, Octavia Rivero. You've, we've obviously seen him, he hasn't really seen him really on the pitch yet, but... Um, Due to you know videos on YouTube and everything we've seen and people talking about him, what are your impressions of him? And what are your impressions of the deal they actually did? It, it's it's one of those things like him and Rodriguez who will come to later. It's really hard to tell because we haven't seen them in a competitive game. You can look at YouTube highlights all you want, but until you actually see them in a game, until you see them at MLS level, it's really hard to know what they're going to be like. From what was shown in those YouTube videos though he's got a lot of skill he's good at getting headers in good size yeah and that's what the White Caps were lacking they wanted Carl Robinson wanted a tall guy a tall target man Um, he also wanted a prolific goal scorer I don't know whether he's looking to get both of those things from just the one player in Rivero 
or if we're going to see another addition to the forward line. I hope we do see another addition. Well, the big question is Maddox has obviously come back to camp. He went off uh, training in England and in Sweden, actually in Turkey, Turkey for a Swedish team. Which Um, which is quite good because a lot of folk thought he was a bit of a turkey last year. (laughs) Exactly. But uh, there was... Smith wanted to eat him. There were um, initial... Well, that would be uh, cannibalism then because Suki Smith is a turkey. True. Yeah. So, but uh, going back to Maddox, we obviously wasn't sure if he was coming back. We thought there would be that open second spot to get somebody, a veteran in. He has come back now. On uh, a high salary as well. Yeah. It's hard to see him staying around. You have to think he's going to... He's going to go. The thing is, is the, the the funny thing is the Swedish. There was a Swedish article. There was an article from Sweden where there was an interview with a technical director where they were ta- asking about Maddox. The, it, it was glowing reports from the from the technical manager. The only thing he said, and that's something we've said, is that he needs to hit the target, and he's not <laughs> hitting the target enough. So, yeah. so maybe then, obviously they've seen something that we've seen over a full year. They've yeah. seen it in training. So, well, he was he just arrived on Monday, so he wasn't a. a day one of camp on Monday but on Tuesday he did take the pitch and I wasn't there but the reports we've had is that he was missing the target on Tuesday as well yeah, and Robbo actually mentioned yeah, he referred that, yeah. to that. Yeah. He, Robbo basically said that he needs to work on putting the ball in the back of the net he was missing from three yards out was the reports that we got Yeah. Um, so New Year same darn yeah hopefully he can figure out what he needs to do in order to get those because he was pretty decent scorer in, in, at Akron um, it's not like he has any and that one year he did I think a lot of it is confidence I mean, yeah. when, when he's well he's full of confidence anyway at the best yeah. of times so I mean it's, it's fair to say that transferring the confidence off the pitch to on the yeah. pitch essentially but when, when he's on a goal scoring run you yeah. see a different Darren it's like Eric Cataro when, when Eric was on that run where he was putting the ball in the back of the net he was looking so much better when he went through that bit of a slump his shoulders kind of went down a little bit and it wasn't the same Eric Darren's the same when he's on a good run, he's good. When he's not on a good run, it's kind of open. Then the back end, obviously there was a change um, there as well. There wasn't too much to the midfield that we can talk about, but the back end they had... Um, well, and gone, is, gone is Andy O'Brien, gone is Johnny Levron. They beat, brought in Diego Rodriguez. And, uh, or the, the the Uruguayan guy, as Kendall Waston likes to refer to him. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Ka from um, Portland they brought in as well. Which obviously our friend Zachary Meisner is not happy about. Well, he wears green. I I like the addition of Ka. I'm sad to see Andy O'Brien go. If you were to say to me, would you want Andy O'Brien? Would you want Ka? I'd pick Andy O'Brien every day. Yeah. But from a playing point of view, Ka's a year younger. Off the field, he seems to be a leader. I mean, on on Monday at training, Ka was fantastic. He was very vocal, very joking around. Same on Tuesday, he was joking around. He he was running around with a GoPro camera. On Monday when they were doing the fitness testing, Kikuta was flagging. He had done really well, but he was flagging. He was down to like top five, I think, in, in that group. And Ka was really motivating him. Kikuta was going to quit and he kind of dropped to the deck and Ka just picks him up and he's like, no, keep going, keep going and forced him to run another thing. Well, he only made it halfway up the field before he was like, I can't go any further. Well, Kikuta's called yeah. him basically his big brother. So yeah. it's, a good, it's a good influence. So those and, two and guys th- overall, yeah, I, I agree with you about Andy O'Brien. I think I would rather have kept him. Even Johnny Levron, um, he's, I, th- I, I, I think he's got more upside. Person, I think Diego Rodriguez, because he's on a one-year loan and... He's uh, with the option to buy. He's going to be similar to Fernandez last year, Sebastian, where he is basically not going to be brought back because they're not going to pay a transfer fee for a centre back. I think this unless is a wa- he's outstanding because he is young. Yeah. And I mean that's what Robo said that what he's got on his side is age. He's a great age for them. Yeah. I don't like these one-year loans. I know it's commonplace now for South American talent, particularly. It's, I just don't like it. It saves them against the cap basically because if he bought them. Maybe his contract is up at the end of the year and maybe he'll be able to sign as it's free, so maybe there is not an option to buy. I think at the moment, Rodriguez is the guy that you're expecting to start with Waston. From what we've seen at training so far, though, Waston and Ka, their, te- their chemistry together is fantastic. Yeah. But they're definitely building a really good chemistry. So it, Robbo said it's all to play for with yeah. the centre-back position. 
we're going to see all of them. But ultimately, we're, we're going to see Parker. We're going to see Dean. They're yeah. all going to get minutes this year. Because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be suspensions. There's going to be a lot of suspensions. Um, but the thing is, is about uh, Waston and uh, Rodriguez, is that they um, they kind of have a, a balance where one's a kind of a burly guy, physical guy, and one's more of a technical guy. Although I'm assuming Rodriguez is also physical as well. But there, there's kind of a balance there, so that might be the optimal pairing at the back. It's definitely a very physical centre-back pool that we have this year. And I'm looking forward to to kind of seeing what what they do. You've got Christian Dean. He's been away with the American senior camp. And he's had glowing reviews. There was good feedback to Robbo from his training stints at Liverpool. He actually talked to Klinsman too, I think, right? Yeah, Robbo talked to Klinsman, got some genuine feedback. Maybe Maybe that feedback allowed them to, you know see that maybe they can let go of O'Brien and Leveron because they have a Christian Dean and he's actually progressing and everything like that in that training facility. Uh, one of the guys that uh, has also joined the centre-back crew is Tim Parker, who was the first-round draft pick for the Whitecaps. And Robo said he was the, the guy he wanted in the draft. Picked him up at 13th, which he was amazed that he was still available. They were yeah. even thinking of moving up to, to try and make sure that they got him. And he looks like he's going to be a really good signing. And the pressure's on Dean, because I think if Dean doesn't perform and show advancement this year, yeah. Parker is going to go above him in the depth charts. I think there is a chance because of their age and everything. Because you you got to look at Christian Dean, because we, we talked about in the year in, in year in reviews where we talked about Dean moving from left wing to left back to centre back. He doesn't have that experience as centre back, whereas Parker has basically played most of all of his college career as centre back. A little bit of right back he was yep. talking about, but most of his centre back and even earlier he played a lot of centre back too in his uh, academy days and and Parker also brings leadership he was captain at college and I I really think we're going to see Parker shine this year Robo thinks he's MLS ready so we'll kind of get an indication in these games that's coming up in Tucson and down Portland just what kind of direction Robo wants to go with his centre backs and just how everything's going to fit in so talking to Tim Parker we caught up with him at training today and had a little chat with him about settling into Vancouver, the MLS training environment, and just what he can hope to offer the Whitecaps this season. So here's Tim Parker. So, Tim, you've had a couple of days now to settle in your new surroundings. How, how are you finding life in Vancouver and training at MLS level? Um, I like it a lot. I mean, the guys made it easy for me to transition. So, um, with all the good guys around here, they're making it easy to kind of get involved, get around and like get, situ- get situated living here. I know it's early days so far, but the way that they do the training here and stuff like that, how different is it to what you used to at college? Um, it's just a difference in the speed of play and kind of the consistency. You kind of demand um, a lot out of each guy on every play, and you kind of expect that they're hold, able to hold that standard. You've, you've come here, Carl said that from the players in the draft, you were the guy that he was really wanting to, to pick up. That must like give you a big boost of confidence that you were the guy that he wanted, and, and now he's got you. It's going to be maybe a battle to get minutes this year. What, what are you kind of setting yourself as a goal for that? No, I mean, I think... Um, for me, like it's going to be important to just impress every day and kind of continue to grow as a player. And in order of minutes, I think I'm um, just trying to prove myself every day and hopefully with me proving myself on the training field that minutes will come. The USL Pro team that, that we've got here this year, that's obviously going to be good for getting development minutes and stuff like that. I know it's difficult when, you, when you've been playing at college and you want to get regular minutes. If you ended up starting in the USL Pro team, does that just give you more of a boost and more of an impetus to show that you can do well there to get into the MLS mix? Yeah, I mean, I think that if I do get USL minutes, then I'm going to make the best of them. And hopefully that I can show on the USL side and be one of the best guys on the field, and then hopefully they'll see that and hopefully I can translate that to the MLS level. There's a number of centre-halves at the club just now, so obviously competition is going to be fierce. Does, does that rivalry, I mean you're all friends in the dressing room but is there a bit when you're out there in the train pitch of just showing that you want to be better than the other guys? I think everyone wants to be kind of ahead of one another every day but I mean 
I think that it's just kind of pushing each other, making sure that even if like one of the other center halves is kind of slacking on a run, that you're trying to pull them with you because it's kind of a team thing, not just individual battles. Okay, going back into your uh, path and everything like that, what was that initial spark that got you playing soccer, um, coming from an area that you know plays a lot of basketball and football? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of just, uh, I grew up on Long Island, so a lot of kids on Long Island, kind of the first sport you're allowed to play growing up is soccer. So it's one of the sports that you're allowed to start when you're the youngest, so that's kind of just how I started picking it up. Was there anything that really got you going? Like, uh, was there a, you know, a U.S. World Cup moment or any, any player that really inspired you to get going into, into the, you know, looking at this as a future? No real spark other than kind of my dad just kind of coaching me my whole youth. I mean, he was kind of there for me every, every step of the way, so him kind of coaching me and being with me was kind of the push to keep going. Were there any other sports that you did dwell in, or it was soccer? Once you got into it, it was just that. Um, I played lacrosse throughout high school, and um, I actually could have played lacrosse in college, but I decided to play soccer instead. At, at what stage did, did you decide that you wanted to, to be a professional footballer and that that was the, the career path you wanted to go down? Um, I think after my first semester of uh, freshman year of college, I think that um, after that kind of year, I kind of valued, like, measured my talent and kind of saw where I could be and where I could progress to and I think that from that moment on I decided to kind of push myself every day to make sure that I got to this level. When you were at the Combine uh, there are obviously a lot of interviews you go through were there a lot of teams that talked to you or was did you get a vibe off of some of the teams? Yeah um, at first I went down to the Combine kind of just ready to make the best of the opportunity and uh, after a couple of days I ended up speaking to a, a lot of different teams but um for me, I mean, some of the meetings went really well, and some of them, I mean, kind of were just uh, getting to know you phase. But for Vancouver, I thought that we kind of hit it off on the first meeting, for sure. What, what has Carl said to you that he feels you need to work on in your game to kind of take you up to this next level now? Um, just continuing to be a leader, like kind of vocally continuing to talk to the guys around me, make sure that uh, I'm getting everyone on the same page, and then also footwork and stuff like that, and then just keep adjusting to the, the speed of play. Now, one thing that, that Carl said yesterday when he, he was talking to the media was like John Harvey's been talking a lot to you when you've been playing out there and he's looking for you to be vocal back right. and to, to show that it doesn't matter that you're new in camp, that you'll have an opinion as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you were captain at college, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, leadership must kind of come quite naturally to you when you're out in the pitch. Yeah, it does. And um, I guess it kind of takes some adjusting too. You don't want to be the rookie that's kind of speaking out towards older guys. But, I mean, if that's what Carl wants for me, then absolutely that's what he'll get. He'll get me vocally, yeah. Have you had a chance to explore Vancouver much at all? Uh, I haven't gotten the chance yet. I mean, I kind of uh, took a walk the other day and got down to see BC Place and kind of that part of the city, but hopefully I'm um, actually going into the city today to set up some stuff, so hopefully I get a little bit of a walk around. Oh, good luck with that. It's not always like this. Yeah. You'll, you'll get the rainy period pretty soon, but thanks for talking to us. No, hey, thank you. So Tim Parker there talking about his experience in the pre-season camp so far. Now Parker was one of two players picked by the Whitecaps in the first two rounds of the Super Draft. Yeah. The other one was winger. Winger, striker, but most likely playing winger for us. Kay Banjo from UMBC and I watched a little bit of Banjo play. UMBC got to the, the final four of the College Cup this year so I saw some of their games and Banjo is an exciting talent. When he shows it. Yeah, it depends on what he's going to show on that day, right? It's like Hikuta Mani, an exciting talent, when he shows it. Can he show it enough? Is he MLS level? Not yet. Yeah, that one spectacular goal where he did the backside heel yeah. mid-lobby, lob in the mid-air or whatever. That was really good. But yeah, Car- Carol's looking at him as a project. That's yeah. what he said after he drafted him. And he is looking to him with an eye to, to playing USL Pro. And that's where I think a lot of the draft picks that they can use now as projects because they don't have to worry about signing them to MLS contracts if they don't need to. Getting them for a USL Pro would be ideal and then they could see it within a year or two if they like him or not and move him up to the first team. He's got pace, he's got talent, it's whether he's going to thrive in a professional environment. And we're not going to know to we see him in some games, but it looks like he is going to be getting the USL Pro starts. And we'll just kind of see how he does. 
So I spoke with Kay the day that he was drafted. You, we've already kind of ran some of the interview in written form on AFTN, but let's play that in full for you now. So this was me speaking to Kay Banjo the day that he got drafted. How are you feeling now that you've been drafted by the White Caps today? I've, I've been working at this for years, and it's, it's a great feeling for it to finally come through. Now, I, I watched you play a little bit in the, the NCAA tournament this year, but for, for people that haven't seen you play your game, how would you describe your game? What kind of attributes can you bring to the White Caps? I'm quick on the ball, quick with thinking. Great team play, and um, I, I'm versatile. I think a wing or forward or wherever is needed. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of long range shots. I have vision, strong, powerful, quick. It's a lot. Now, obviously, uh, UMBC, you made it to the final four this year. How was that whole experience of going to that final four? Obviously, it didn't work out against Virginia the way that you wanted it, but. You were kind of the underdogs all the way through, uh, and I, I know a lot of neutrals were really cheering the team on and hoping that that they could maybe make it to the final. But how did you find that whole experience? I'm okay. I'm mean, from where I came from with Towson, and getting that opportunity that the next year it was it wasn't anything I thought it was going to happen. But it, I mean, God always has His plans, and it worked out for the best. It was a great feeling. I would never change that for anything. Now, you're coming to the Whitecaps. They're, they're a team that they're known, and Kyle Robinson is known for playing a number of young players. D- does knowing that fact, knowing that you're going to a team with a coach that, that doesn't mind throwing young players into the mix, does that give you a boost to, to know that you are going to get given a proper chance to, to get minutes next season? Yes, that's what, that's what really got me interested in everything he was saying. He's more about the younger players than the them. And that's what he saw in me, and I'm, I'm excited to join. The meeting that you had with the White Caps, how how do you feel it went? What kind of things did did you talk about? And did, like I we spoke to Tim Parker earlier, and he said that he kind of felt an instant connection when he, when he spoke to Carl Robinson. Did you kind of get that as well? That the way that he wants to play the game is the way that you want to play the game. Yeah, I mean uh, he 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 pretty much pointed out and saw all my strengths at the combine and he asked me and I answered and it just seemed like everything I said was already what he was thinking and pretty much that's, that's what really drawed us together and yeah we did click at the conversation because we talked mainly about myself but not soccer as much but the little time that we had talked about soccer it was pretty much the same thing we were thinking and that showed which is why we connected like you said. Um, like off the pitch? What what kind of things makes you tick? What what kind of things do you enjoy? What what are your interests when you're not playing soccer? Um, just being close to family and uh, just being surrounded by good people. Nothing nothing really big. I just I'm just a people person, and I just try to surround myself with positive vibes, people. And do you know any of the, the current players that are, are playing in Vancouver? Like, have you ever met any of them uh, playing football? Actually, no. I, I don't know any one player from Vancouver because, I mean, they're really far up there. I don't, I don't really <laughs> know anybody there, but I mean, I'm excited to, to, to find out I get to meet new people. And have you ever been to Canada before? No, this will be my first time. Well, you're coming to a beautiful city. Um, the the fans they're very passionate. So, I mean, I think you'll fit in really well. Ha- having the USL Pro team as well. Obviously, in the past, players that weren't in the first team mix were struggling to to get the minutes that they needed to develop. Is that another thing that excites you, knowing that if you're not in the first team mix right away, you've got the USL Pro route that you are then going to be getting regular games? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a matter of Playing that that gets you the time to win the first thing I feel like, and if that's what the coach feels, then that's what I have to do to build myself. Then I will. The way that the the White Caps 
play their game. They like to, to use the wings, but they also go through the middle. Where are you most comfortable playing? Do you see yourself as a wide player, or would you rather play the forward role through the middle? Um, I, I can play. I'd rather play the forward role. And I mean, if it's needed, I'll play in the wing too. But I, I feel comfortable in both both spots. Cal Robinson, we spoke to him earlier about you, and he said maybe you need to work a little bit on your consistency levels in the game. Is that something you feel you need to work on, or what would you say is the biggest thing you need to work on now going into the pro game? I mean, if, if that's what he feels, he's the coach, he sees it more. I mean, every player is not really going to think about everything, but that's the coach's job to see, and if that's what he feels, then I just have to put my head down and figure that out and work towards that too. Well, that's great. Thanks for giving me the time today, and I'll see you when you, you head up here for the training camp soon. So good luck with everything, and just enjoy your special day. Okay, Banjo there, we'll, we'll see how he does at MLS level. So then there was the second day of the draft. They had five picks on that day. There was Spencer Ritchie, the goalkeeper from Washington. They, they took a striker from, I think, Michigan State. Adam Montague. And then they took two centre backs in the last, with their last two picks. I, I don't remember one of their names, I'm completely drawing a blank on that. But then they took a Pawnage from uh, uh, a kid from Ontario. But the talk of every, the talk of the local area uh, uh, from that second day of the draft was uh, Yogan Blagojevic from That's SFU. Easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, for, and I followed him too, so it's, it's, it's still having difficulty saying his name. From, but he's from SFU. He was actually their first pick in that uh, third round. Uh, we both have seen him a ton. First off, what was your reaction when they drafted him? I was very surprised, happy, and for me that was just the surest sign yet that Alan Koch, the SFU clan head coach, is going to be the new USL Pro coach because Koch obviously had a big input in Blagojevic's getting drafted, although when I spoke to, to Jovan, which we'll hear in a little bit, it was a complete surprise to him and Koch hadn't said anything to him about yeah. it. I think it's going to be good. It's a nice local story for the USL Pro team. That's definitely where he's going to fit in just now. But it's up to him to prove himself. If he can get the goals there, he had a standout season for the, for the clan. The clan themselves struggled this year compared to their, their previous heroics. They'd, they'd made the Final Four in NCAA Division Two in both 2012 and 2013. This year, the clan had a first-round exit, which... A lot of teams would just love to get to the postseason, but it was disappointing for the clan. But Blagojevic stood out. Top scorer, won all-conference honours, one of the best strikers in the country. And he didn't play, like, all the minutes either. No, he I mean, that, that very was limited thing. Minutes. A lot of the games that we saw, he was used quite sparingly. Yeah. He's got a knack of getting crucial goals. Um, he can play as a striker, he can play in the wing, and his favourite his favorite position is actually as a winger. Yeah, he doesn't have the pace uh, that a guy like Banjo has, but I think he's more of a consistent player. And I he's think that, that's got where a lot he's more consistency. That, that, that's than where Banjo. he's going to have to make his play. Um, uh, do you recall like how he was in service from the wing? Um, is that something he probably needs to work on? That's the one of the things because he's a, definitely a scorer from the wing area. Yeah, he could probably do with working a little bit on his delivery he's another player that's going to be interesting to see how he performs and how he thrives in a professional training environment I don't know I don't know how he's going to do I've, I've liked what I've seen of him I've seen him play for Coquitlam Metro Ford Wolves as well in VMSL and Provincial Cup games obviously it's a much bigger level to MLS but yeah. USL Pro will help to see just where he's at where his ceiling is and in the four years, three or four years that we've watched him at, at SFU, he's got better every year, and I think that's the key. And if Alan Koch does end up being the USL Pro head coach, he's going to be with a coach that's familiar with his game, and I think he is just going to continue to thrive and develop. Now we should also mention that all four, uh, sorry, all five of these players that were drafted on the second day are not at the main camp right now. Well, R- Richie is. Oh, sorry, Richie is. I apologize. Yeah, he's he's here because. I think you were saying that Robbo wants all the keepers together. Yeah, he, he, wa- he wanted to start because, the, the keepers training together. Because Marius Robbo, obviously, they're not going to have a. They're highly unlikely they're going to have a USL Pro goalkeeper coach or something like that. And also, he's he's 
local as well from Washington State. Yeah. He looks really young because yeah. when, when I saw him on Monday, I wasn't really sure who it was at first because I, I knew it wasn't one of our usual guys and I just kind of expect him to be a bit older and a bit taller. So I was a little bit surprised by that. But yeah, yeah Blagojevich and the rest of the guys, they, they're not here yet. Um, there's no word yet as to when the USL Pro team is going to start training. The, the, their season starts, I think, a, uh, a couple of weeks after. End of March. Yeah. yeah, so a month after. By the time everybody's hearing this, we're, you're talking about Alan Koch possibly being named as the USL Pro coach earlier. Um, obviously, that's going to be probably announced maybe end of this week or beginning of next week, depending on when you listen to this as well. Yeah, so we, we should know the, who the new coach and that is going to be pretty soon. And I was speaking to, to one of the executives at USL Pro last week, and they hope to have the, the schedule out this week as well. So everyone can start planning their, their road trips and what they want to do for double headers and stuff. So we mentioned Jovan Blagojevic there. Again, I did an interview with him on AFTN in written form. So let's bring you an extended version of that now for the podcast. So here's me talking to Jovan. Uh, so congratulations, Jovan, on becoming the first ever SFU clan player to be selected in an MLS draft. Where were you when you got the news that the, the Whitecaps had drafted you? I was at, at home, sitting in my living room. And how how does it feel? Has it started to sink in yet? Uh, no, not really, actually. It, it, it feels very surreal. I honestly can't believe that you know something that I've dreamt about as a little boy is actually coming true so it's it's quite 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 an, uh, an overload of emotions that are going through me oh i can imagine it's it's such a big day when we spoke to you just over a year ago um you, you told us that you were weighing up your options you weren't even sure if you were going to go back to the clan for your senior year and you were looking to to go to med school stuff like that is, is going to med school and, and getting more education, is that still something in your long-term plans? Yeah, Mike, I mean, after, I, this is, right now, my first priority is, is, is soccer. Uh, I, in the future, I can always try to attempt medical school, so um, I guess, yeah, for a long, long term, it, it, it can be. It for sure is medical school, but uh, at the moment, it's, my first priority is uh, doing whatever I can to, now, I know your your dad's always been a big supporter of you at games. Like he's a, a familiar face to us at the clan games. What what was your family's reaction like to you being drafted, and what advice did they give you about putting your your studies on hold to to take this chance to to make it as a footballer? Uh, so they were they were very happy for me. I mean, we all were. My dad was at work. Um, my mom was upstairs in the washroom. But I mean, when they were all kind of talking in a group message um, and they were all just so happy and uh, my mom gave me a big hug and the next time I saw my dad my dad gave me a big hug and my mom was crying and it's, it, it's quite uh, everybody's just super super happy and ecstatic about everything that's occurring and the advice that they gave me with regards to uh, medical school and soccer is you know exactly kind of what I said that there's always time for this right now this is my goal and my dream and I mean, that, that's great. As a local lad, what, what does it mean to have the chance to, to play for, like, your hometown club? It's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I, I to just to even see my name pop up on that draft and then to see it pop up for Vancouver is, is crazy. I be able to stay at home um, with my family and be here with my girlfriend as well. It's, it's, quite, it's quite something that I don't have to leave. and It, it definitely helps, and it's... it's Playing for Vancouver's, so it's awesome. It's awesome. Like it's something you you would dream about. The fair fairy tale coming true, essentially. Do you get a chance to to go and watch many Whitecaps games, or um, do you, are your family do, do they go and watch the, the Whitecaps just now? Um, no, I've only been to 
two games, unfortunately. But uh, I, other than that, I haven't really wa- – I watch when – whenever it pops up on TV, we don't really get much soccer here in Canada to watch on TV uh, a decent time other than it's like 7 o'clock in the morning in the English Premier League. But So whenever it does show up, I do enjoy watching. I mean, I did watch their final game against FC uh, Dallas when they lost um, in the playoffs. But uh, I've only watched two games in person. Years ago, the Whitecaps, they, they always used to produce a lot of local talent, a lot of BC guys back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. There's not many BC guys actually on the roster anymore. Do you feel any added pressure being a local boy and like trying to trying to make it now with, with the local team? Uh, no, no, I, I don't. I, I just, uh, I, I feel the same way if I went anywhere. It's the amount of like what I'm feeling I feel wherever I go it's a cool an amazing opportunity to have so uh, the fact that it's local yeah it, it's pretty cool it definitely is um, nice but I mean it doesn't add much extra pressure on me that I'm one of the only local boys on the team now, had the Whitecaps kept tabs on your progress this past season and wh- when did you have an idea that they did have an interest in signing you? Uh, I, I have no idea for either of those questions. I didn't know if they were keeping tabs on me or if they had interest on me. It was just, I just kind of was enjoying my uh, time with SFU and all I really set out was to end on a good note with my senior season at SFU and that was it. I never really had or thought that this would be possible then there would be a professional chance for me or opportunity in the future. So that must have been a really nice surprise for you today. Very, very yeah. Nice. So, I mean, look, looking at SFU, just the season that's finished, you, you did come back for the senior year and you had a stellar season, 18 goals and 18 games, GNAC and West Region Player of the Year. Would you, would you describe that as probably the best ever season that you've had as a player? And how do you, how do you feel it went just from you, from a personal point of view? Um, it, uh, honestly, the, all the goals that I set out for myself at the beginning of the season, I accomplished. And I, I was I was very happy from a personal standpoint that I was able to achieve that. So uh, it was, I feel like I'm continually growing as a player. So I'm excited to see how much more I can grow being in a professional atmosphere. Although it was a, a really good season for yourself, the, the team did struggle a little bit and they, they made the first round of the postseason but then crashed out. After all the recent heroics in recent years, that obviously was must have been disappointing to, to go out like that. What do you think happened to the team this year? Is it just that other teams in the conference got better or did it just take too long for the team to really start to click? Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Uh, the teams definitely did get better. The competition got a lot stronger. Uh, it seems like the GMAX is improving every year. But it just, there was, I mean, there's a lot of new boys come in and something. There was just the chemistry wasn't there. I felt um, the passion and maybe the amount of, I don't know. It, it was it was just difficult. It was difficult altogether. It's kind of, I don't really know much what to say about this season. It was definitely, definitely didn't expect it to go that way. I mean, my first three years went so well and then my final year to go that way, it's, it's, Sucks, but I guess that's the way it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've watched the clan. I think this was my third season watching them, so I, I'd been spoiled. I, I'm just used to like six nil wins and, and everything yeah. like that. So it was a bit of a surprise watching it as well. But do, do you feel being selected now in the draft that it's maybe going to put more focus on the clan from outside of Canada, and it, it might allow them to bring in better players and the players that's there, more people will start to take notice of them. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I, uh, SFU has built me into the player that I am, so I'm very uh, respectful of that program. And, I mean, it would be great to have them bring in extra talent or to have them have extra spotlight now. It's, that would be exciting for them. I mean, it would be exciting for me as an alumni now. You, you played under Alan Koch for, for a few years now. He's linked with going to the USL Pro coaching jobs I won't ask you about that because that's that's not fair to ask you that but how do you feel that his coaching has helped develop your game 
And what advice did he give you about making this next step in, in your career? Uh, well, I mean, it, it would be sweet if he, he got the job to be playing under a similar coach. But uh, the advice he gave me, uh, honestly, he just kind of told me to just enjoy my last year. We never really ever spoke during the season about, you know, possibly me going the extra step in soccer. It was always just focused with the with the clan. And uh, um, his coaching, uh, it's, it's got me to become the the goal scoring threat that I've become. I, I'm very forward with the way I play, so uh, I've definitely built that attribute because of him. He's been he's always focused on you know going forward towards goal, and uh, that has developed through me and it's helped me become who I am. Now, when we last spoke to you, you talked about how you'd always wanted to to be a professional footballer and how you'd want it to be in that pro environment. The clan, you said, gave you as close to that as you thought you, you would have got at that point. Now that you are moving into a pro environment, what do you think being in such an environment will mean to you and how is that going to develop your game to take it to the next level? It's going to obviously help me grow as a player, which I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to see what, what the future has for me. Um, uh, I want to continue to get better and uh, I just want to work as hard as I can and try to get the most I can out of this opportunity and the fact that now I'm actually living in a pro environment and not what it was before it's just SFU and kind of having that similar uh, feeling now it's actually happening for, happening for real so um, it's exciting it's exciting and I think like I said I think it'll just help me grow as a player and I'm excited about that Carl Robinson, he, he's been telling us for the last couple of weeks that these picks in particular like that were made today in the draft, he's kind of had one eye on the, on the new USL pro team with these picks. Mm-hmm. He's also said, though, that every player will get a, a chance to show that they, they deserve a crack at the MLS team. What, what do you feel that you're going to need to do now and what do you need to work on to become one of those guys that does get noticed and, and does get their chance? I just have to try to like, listen to whatever his tactical, what he likes in players, what he sees in players, and I have to try to mold myself as a player to what he wants from his players. And uh, So I feel if I can do that as much as I can, hopefully I will get that opportunity. Um, it's, I guess we'll see. I really don't, I'm not really sure what the future has, but if he feels that I'm more of a USL pro player, then that's what I am. If he gives me the opportunity for the MLS first team, I better believe I'm going to take, give the best I can to show him that he was correct in choosing me for that position. But whatever it is, um, I'm excited either way. The Whitecaps mantra for the last season under Robinson is that they wanted to give young players a chance. Coming into the team as a young player, that must give you real encouragement that it doesn't matter about your age or your experience, that you, you will get the chance, that if you if you go out there and perform, that they will give you the chance to, to go and take it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's exciting. That's for sure something you want to hear. It's encouraging. It's very encouraging to hear that from your coach, that he has faith in young players. So hopefully I can prove that faith correct. <laughs> hopefully you can. I've, I mean, you've definitely got got the skills to, to do it from what we've seen but for those of you that haven't had a chance to see you play how would you describe your game and what qualities can you bring to the Whitecaps I, I feel that I'm very very forward with my type of play I I have one mission in mind when I get the ball either beat my player go down the line cross it or go to goal after I beat my player I like to I like to score goals I'm a, I'm a goal scorer so if I can do that for the Whitecaps, that, that would be a dream come true. We, we've seen you play on the wing. We've seen you play through the middle as an out-and-out striker, like even playing in midfield. Do you have any actual preference or are any of the attacking roles just well-suited to your game? I guess I prefer being a winger. Uh, I've grown to be most comfortable with that position. But um, I, 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 can, I can play other positions. But I don't feel that I'm as strong at them as I am as a winger, but uh, whatever, I mean, position that Carl Robinson has in mind for me, I'll do my best to, you know, make the most out of it and be as good as I can at it. You're in an unusual position for a local guy in that 
you're coming to the White Caps without coming through their residency programme. As a, someone that's come through the BC system out with the White Caps, how have you found that experience? Like coming through, like with um, Burnaby Selects and then with Metro Ford. And do you feel that you're now an example to other local players that you don't need to be in the white cap system to get noticed and to get your chance? I don't know if exactly I feel that way, but uh, if that is in case that I'm giving, you know, other local kids that extra encouragement, then that that's great. I mean, I'd love to support local soccer. I mean, that's, that's all I've had as a Coquitlam boy and Burnaby boy. So it's it was a nice experience playing my youth soccer and my men's soccer with uh, the local teams here. Um, I don't know how much they've actually contributed to me as growing as a player, but uh, they have definitely, I mean, it's been, it was a good, good, good time for me playing with those because, you know, you just have a lot of friends on the team and it's, uh, it's nice to play with, with the guys you know. So what happens now for you? Uh... I know the players are reporting back on Saturday for their medicals and then the first on-field training is next Monday. So are you part of that? Are you going into that whole camp? What happens? Do you get to finish your final year at SFU or are you pretty much already finished there? Uh, I'm finished at SFU. I actually graduated. I finished my last semester uh, in the fall. Okay. So I don't have to worry about that. And as for what's next training-wise, I- I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet. I was told I was going to be given a call early next week to kind of let me know what the game plan is so I'll be looking forward to that phone call So Jovan Blagojevic talking to us there now a lot of new faces are, are going to be in the White Caps this year in both camps, MLS and USL Pro. A lot of returning players as well, 22 returning players, which just helps with the stability, I, I feel, at the club. And we've never had that. We've never had so many players returning. We've got Myro Rosales re-signing for a year. You've got other guys coming back. So it, it's going to be good. Midfield is where I think there's still going to be some additions. Yeah. And one addition that they have made to the MLS roster, although he is more likely to, to see USL Pro minutes at first, very pleasing to us, homegrown signing, Vancouver boy, Ben McKendry. Yeah, and he's the, he's the he's a guy that uh, went, when he left residency, he was kind of in mid-range. He was overshadowed a little bit by guys like Bryce Alderson, who were getting a lot of the uh, publicity, and then... Uh, Even Ben Fisk as well. Ben yeah. Fisk as well. So, the, and, uh, But he's gone down. He went down for three years out of New Mexico, and he's really developed his game. He's very... For the people that have watched him, like Top Drawer Soccer, that's a website that covers NCAA a lot, he's very highly rated there. Essentially... Next year, he like maybe not this year. Maybe he would have been a late first rounder, but by next year he would have been a, you know a mid to high first round draft pick. So it's a very good uh, good thing that they signed him. Obviously, there he could have played one more year, but with USL Pro now, there was no need to keep him at college one more year. Bring him here, get the coaches coaching him again, and play in their system. It's always a gamble for a player to come out of college early. I mean, he's in his junior year. He had one more year to go of his degree. He can obviously finish that at any time. And and MLS seem to be quite supportive of players coming out early, trying to help them complete their degree. It's an opportunity that was too good for Ben to turn down. And he is an example, as you said, of a player that came out of residency, wasn't ready maybe to go in the pro ranks right away, even USL Pro might it would have been good for him but it might have maybe thwarted his development a bit so instead he's somebody that's actually benefited by yeah. going into the college no, system and the thing is is in the, in his final year I think of residency when we the first year we did uh, our top 20 or we did top actually that year we did do a top 20 I think he was ranked about 6th or 7th I, 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 I was going to look it up but I forgot to I think he was about 6th or 7th so he's moved up and, and really developed well and it shows that, you know, a lot of people say you can't develop an NCAA. I think with certain programs, you can develop and you can be a better player. Also certain positions as well. Yeah. And it's like, he's, he, when he went into New Mexico, he went down as a central midfielder. 
In his rookie year, he played central midfield for the Lobos, and then in his sophomore year, he kind of moved more into a DM role. He is what Robo describes as a box-to-box attacking midfielder. Yeah. In fact, let's hear a little bit of what, what Robo thought about McKendry, why he signed him, what, what he can offer the Whitecaps squad. Nice story yeah. today with Ben McKendry signing with his hometown team here. What do you like about Ben? A lot of things about Benny Mack. I think he's, you know, obviously we, we've known Ben throughout the system and, you know, Ben's at a, a level of, you know, he's probably ready to come into the into this group and environment and we made the decision based upon his performances, based about where his progression is and we want another homegrown player. We want to keep this, this pathway continuously growing um, and flowing as, along over the next couple of years and Benny was the next one. You know, we could have picked up someone in the draft but they weren't better than what we, we got on our doorstep and we'll continue to groom and play and develop Canadians because that's an important piece of the puzzle as well. Now he's been playing the Emerald in New Mexico, yeah. but he can also play centre midfield. Yeah. Are you open to where where you can bring yeah. him? Yeah, I am. With young players, I don't like sticking an actual certain position on on them because I don't think they learn to develop the the key characteristics of what is needed in other positions. So he can play defensive midfield. I think he's very good, um, but he's a box to box midfield player, and you know we need goals from midfield in, at certain times throughout the season as well. So you know if he can add some goals to it to his his bow, then I think um, he'll be a great addition for us. And what, what was it that made you decide to pull the trigger on him now? Was it just that you felt he was ready and you didn't want to yeah, go another year? Yeah, I watched a lot of Benny last year and, you know, he done very well and, you know, you hear all these reports coming out about him and, you know, he's, he's a top 10 player in the in the draft and things like that. Well, he was the, the previous year. I knew he was, but I just think it was the time the timing was right. Ben obviously made it made it known he was ready to try and have a crack at the, uh, the MLS level, uh, which was always good because you always wonder what players sometimes think uh, when, once he made that known uh, we'd done our due diligence on the draft and we thought you know we had there were some talented midfield players in there but they weren't better than Ben and I'm not going to just create another stop gap for uh, or, or block a pathway for one of my young homegrown players so we, we, we made a decision in, on the draft day that we want to try and sign Ben to a homegrown contract and I think it's worked out great for us great for him I, you know I spoke to his dad yesterday he's very happy and you know, I, I do have to thank the New Mexico guys for the, the develop, part of his development because they've been crucial in that as well. And do you see him featuring in the MLS squad or is it more with an eye to USL Pro? Um, I think at the start it'll probably be to USL Pro, but that's not saying that he won't get MLS minutes because he's on my MLS roster. So you know, I said to him that shows out what I think of him, what we think of him, and it'll be down to him whether he, he takes that opportunity or not. We've got plenty of games next year, so it'll be di- dictated by his performances in pre-season uh, and how he does during the season. So Carl Robinson there talking a little bit about McKendry. I'm excited to see him. And as Robo said there, he signed him to an MLS contract, which shows that he doesn't want to just consider him a USL pro player. He's expecting him to play for the first team. And with CONCACAF Champions League, with the Canadian Championship and a long, hard MLS season, he will see MLS minutes or he will see first team minutes. Yeah. He's more of an, like you were saying, he's more of a box-to-box guy. He's got a a better shot. He's more of a scorer than guys like Alderson. He's definitely uh, a very attack-minded DM. Yeah, you were talking about how the certain positions develop NCAA. We've always talked about this, and I've always said that when you're drafting somebody, positions to draft are centre-back, holding mid, and maybe a wing-back wide position. You don't want to attack... You don't really want really to draft an attack in midfield or a striker because there's chances of those guys succeeding in MLS. is very rare. Well, centre-back seems to be the position that really, really thrives in the MLS draft, and a lot of guys get picked up for that. McKendry is a success story for the college system development, and there's not a lot of players that you can maybe say that about. There's a number of other Whitecaps guys down in NCAA, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Whitecaps do with that. But... I mean, I'm delighted to see Ben sign. I caught up with him on Monday after training. After he signed? After he signed, very jubilant. Asked him how he felt, how his first day as a professional was in the, in the training environment. And just to talk a little bit about what he can offer the Whitecaps this season and his hopes for the future. Here's Ben McKendry.
So first of all, Ben, congratulations. How how are you feeling first day training as a professional footballer? Uh, butterflies, really, is quite exciting. Just kind of walking down here from the locker room and seeing people walk by and they give you kind of a funny look because they, they know you're playing for the Whitecaps, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Now, obviously, you know a lot of the guys from residency, from come back to train, all that kind of stuff. Does that make, like fitting in a little bit easier because you, you, there's some familiar faces you know so it's not total nerves that you, yeah. you've got a little bit of familiarity with it yeah of course I know lots of the guys which makes it more comfortable but also I think Carl and, and his coaching staff do a great job of making it a, a welcoming environment um, which isn't always the case uh, in a professional environment so uh, yeah I feel comfortable and the guys have welcomed me really well now when we last spoke to you you said that you were thinking you, you, you would leave college for the right opportunity so what is it about now that that, that made this the right time to, to come in and join the pros? I think kind of knowing what I'm coming back to, and obviously it's my home city, so I know the club pretty well, that, that kind of made the decision a whole lot easier. If it was another club or another country, it would be kind of a harder decision because I don't know exactly what I'm going into. But, um, no, the, the big part of it for me was kind of Coach Carl and uh, welcoming me back over the years and bringing me into train and making me feel like I was a part of this club, which is huge. Um, so that made it easy. And what about the degree part of it? I mean, did, did you have any second thoughts that you should maybe just do your senior year? Yeah, you obviously have to bring out the pros and cons of staying at school another year and maybe entering the draft or coming back to Vancouver after my senior year. Um, But as I said, I feel comfortable here. Um, Kind of the coaching staff, the club, the city, having my family here just made it um, really an easy decision. And obviously the USL, he's got a USL team that's huge. So I know I'm going to get minutes at whatever level it is. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, was that like the key persuader, knowing that, that there's that team? Because in the past, I mean, you've seen it with guys like Bryce Alderson, Philippe Davis that came through the residency. There just wasn't anywhere for them to play. So they kind of waste that time. But knowing that there is the USL Pro side, was that really what clinched it for you? Yeah, I, th- I think it was a huge part of it. Um, you know, lots of college guys go into this environment and struggle because they, they don't get the minutes they want. But obviously, they're still extremely talented players. Um, but yeah, so the USL team is huge for me, but obviously none of us young guys are shooting for USL. We want to keep on moving up. Um, so yeah, I think USL is fantastic for the young guys. So we asked Carl about it, and he said he's put you on the MLS roster because he believes you can, you have got it what it takes to, to play in MLS. Knowing that like Kian's froze some minutes last year and you've got the Champions League and the Canadian Championship, that must give you hope that you are going to get first team minutes. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be plenty of opportunities, and it's just about taking it. Obviously, you have to train hard every day and practice and preseason on all those things so it's just going to be about continuing to work learning from the older guys and um, just got to continue to grow and you, you played more a CM role when you were here with the residency but then at, at New Mexico you're kind of playing defensive midfield yeah. Cal describes you as a box-to-box midfielder do you have any preference where you play or just really anywhere I'm pretty comfortable with both roles really obviously it depends who, you, depends who you're playing alongside with but I, I don't have any problem going forward and making that late run into the box to pick up a goal here and there. But if you need me to stay back and defend, I, I embrace that side of the uh, the position as well. So, And you're a hometown boy. That I think I think you might actually be the only Vancouver guy that's on the roster because we've got Caleb's from Richmond, Blagojevich is from Coquitlam Burnaby. So as the only Vancouver boy, does that add extra pressure to you? Does it make it just even more exciting to play for your hometown team? I wouldn't say pressure. I don't think there should be any pressure when you're playing a game you love. But, uh, yeah, I definitely have a sense of pride uh, playing for Vancouver and being the only guy from Vancouver here. So, When you look back, like this has been your childhood dream. You've wanted to do this forever. Now you've got that, but the hard work basically starts now. What do you feel you need to do to improve your game to take it to that next level now? I think you can just never be satisfied with where you're at. You know, seeing kind of uh, the older guys on this team who are kind of getting to the end of their career, uh, you see the work rate they continue to put in and how they take care of their bodies. I think that's key to being a professional is always wanting to get better, continuing to learn, uh, which is nice to, to be able to know that as a young player uh, and have those guys as an example to see what you need to do to, to get better and have a, a long career. Really. Now, you love being in New Mexico, and I'm, I'm sure it was really hard to, to leave there. A lot of people think that players in Canada especially shouldn't go in the NCAA route, but Carl was saying that they feel New Mexico's really helped develop you. What advice would you give to people that are kind of torn? Should they go the college route? Should they try and and make it here? 
Yeah, I think lots of young players have expectations that are a little bit unrealistic uh, in terms of wanting to go pro. And when kids hear about the college environment and playing college soccer, especially in the States, there's probably some uh, negative connotations toward it. But for me, it was key in kind of my development, that age from 18 to where I am now. It was huge. And there's plenty of good programs in the States, and you can enjoy yourself, you can get an education. I couldn't say enough good things about uh, at least my experience, and I'm sure I have lots of friends as well that would say the same thing. And your first training session, it's fitness, yo-yo tests. How how did you find that compared to what you're used to with the Lobos? Uh, I just came off two weeks of kind of spring training with oh, them, so which, which is kind of yeah, which is kind of more. I thought you looked pretty fit for some. Yeah, just yeah, could have been better, but yeah, in the springtime, most college teams do crazy fitness things, running up sand dunes and crazy workouts and stuff. But I felt pretty good out there. It was fun. So, congratulations. Uh, we'll wish you well, and I'm sure we'll see you as the season goes on. Okay, thanks, Mike. cheers, Ben. Ben McKendry there, the Whitecaps' eighth homegrown player on their MLS roster, and that's leading the league just now, actually. And Dallas have probably signed more overall, maybe not, but for actual players currently on rosters, the Whitecaps are leading the way with that. Yeah, and so something that they have to do because they're not going to, they have to develop that core coming through the residency and everything like that. And there's going to be more because you've got Mitch Perot who's really standing out. He won the fitness testing on, on Monday, the beep test, the yo-yo test. Uh, he went further than any of the guys. So he's doing really well. He impressed us as we talked about several times last year in training. And he's going to be another one that thrives in, in USL Pro. A lot was made last season of the locker room harmony. With some of the changes and so many changes, like losing some character guys like Andy O'Brien losing some of the Spanish speakers like Johnny Leveron, Sebastian Fernandez. You wondered how the, the locker room harmony was going to be. But from just watching them at training this week, I mean, it, it's, it's fantastic. They're still joking about. Ka, as we mentioned earlier, has been fantastic. He's like the joker of the pack just now. And it's, the team seems really well bonded. As Ben said there, the new guys have made him welcome. And it just seems that it's going to be another good year in that, in that sense. And the thing is, is the the like we like we talked in the podcast uh, previously too that we were, we were mentioning players possibly leaving and everything. The harmony really comes from the coach. He establishes you know the mood of the locker room. He brings in the right players. If he's bringing in the right players, then there should be no problem going forward because all those players who are moving through the ranks, like so right now, before it was Jay Demerit or. Um, uh, Andy O'Brien now it's a Jordan Harvey who's the veteran of the group he's going to be providing the the harmony so the, the, the leadership Kendall Waston even though he's only been here six months has shown that he can be a leader so those are the kind of guys that, 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 that you know are going to be moving up the ranks and showing you know le- showing the young guys how to play yeah they're, they're the veterans now and like in the yo-yo testing on Monday it got down to, in the senior group, it got down to the, the top guys, which Nicholas Mosquita surprisingly won. I didn't yeah. realise he was really as fit as he was. But then the other guys... Well, he didn't play it, very much last year, so he had a lot to work yeah. on. <laughs> but the other guys that did really well were Jordan Harvey and Stephen Betashear. They were right in at the end, yeah. showing the young guys how to do it and leading the field or carrying the torch for yeah. the old guys then, put it that way. Now... We're recording this on Wednesday. It was Jordan Harvey's birthday today and he got a cold shower. He got a Gatorade bath. Again, showing the great harmony. And let's hear a little bit of Jordan just talking about that and just a bit, a little bit of fun to end this podcast. Jordan Harvey talking about his birthday celebrations. Jordan, how was that surprise ice bucket challenge over there? Ice bucket challenge? Just on Farhan... Uh... Yeah, it was. Uh, it took me a little off guard. I let my guard down for a second, and they snuck up behind me and got me. But it just uh, lets me get out of here a little quicker. So I already got my shower done. I'll just get back and change and be on my way. Any big birthday celebrations planned for you? No, uh, it's been uh, quite a while since I uh, 
since I've celebrated a birthday, like it's always been in preseason. So I've never really had a chance to celebrate. I've always waited till like the week after or after preseason. But I got to eat nice restaurant with my wife and uh, oh geez, I'm scared now. <laughs> You guys would have flinched too at the water. Um, yeah, just really low key. It, it, my birthday's always been preseason, so it's always been low key. Why are you being targeted right now, man? Why all these guys? It's my, uh, no, it's just my birthday. birthday. I, I I take it as a, a sign of caring and endearment. Uh, and, and, and so uh, yeah, I take it as a compliment. So you know what they've got planned when you open your locker? Oh man, uh, I walked in. Uh, Litchie has been like a secret happy birthday guy, and he's always set up locker room stuff. So I'm waiting for something like that. Last year, he got every single person with a birthday, like balloons and everything, and he had to keep it in there the whole day. Um, so they really celebrate birthdays around here, which is nice. And like I said, mine is the first one of the year. So I think it's, it goes a little overboard, but I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, see, they come 31. 31, man. Oh, I'm, at, I'm at 84. I'm getting up there. I'm getting up there, man. Still feel a, a sprite tw- late 20s. Absolutely. Hey, what do you get up to 58? Then you'll really know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, uh, grumpy and yeah. yeah. So that's it for another episode of the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Sorry we've been away for so long and, and not had one like this for a, for a while, but we'll be back soon. So, Steve, just before we go, just let everyone know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me at WhitecapsBeat on Twitter and very occasionally writing for Canadian Soccer News. And hopefully more than just occasionally this year. <laughs> um, I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all my stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News. Get there, AFTN.ca canadiansoccernews.com I'm also the beat reporter for the Whitecaps for MLSsoccer.com so watch out for my stuff on that so pre-season camp is underway the excitement's back hopefully the season's going to get underway on March 7th we haven't talked about the CBA there's not any point talking about that just now yeah wait till it gets a little closer we'll we'll analyse that in depth if it does look like there's maybe going to be a lockout or if a new deal is signed so until next time as always thanks for listening take care and mourn the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, freckly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Hmm?